Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. So do personality assessment tests really work? We're going to discuss the why, when, and how to give assessment tests. Personally, I'm not a big fan because they do nothing to develop human connection, which is so important to today's landscape. I know my DS is going to totally disagree with me, but I, hey, we're going to have fun with it. Today's quote, body language and tone of voice, not words, are our most powerful assessment tools. Any idea who said that, Mr. David Ferguson? I'm not sure who said that. <laughs> it's Christopher Voss. I just learned of him the other day. He's a former FBI hostage negotiator. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and startup executives avoid costly hiring mistakes. We identify a specific problem and provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's most difficult hiring challenges. And we do this by sharing insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. David Ferguson. He's the CEO of My Solutions, a uh, software company that focuses on manufacturing, which includes manufacturing resource planning and supplier buyer communication. Since its inception, my solutions has grown to over 500%. Wow, nice work, David. Thank you. <laughs> In addition to uh, North America sales and support locations, My Solutions operates in Australia, Mexico, New Zealand, South Africa, and the United Kingdom. So David's hired a lot of people throughout his tenure, which makes him the perfect expert for today's show. Dave, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks for letting me get involved with this. This is great. <laughs> Happy to have you here. So today we're going to cover personality assessments. Are they really worth the time? And and what are the true results you can expect? So I'm sure you can speak off of, of your experience. And you've had really good luck with him, right? Yes, absolutely. We started those a few years ago, and I think it has spoken for itself that it's actually made an impact on our hiring. So let's talk a little bit about the personality assessment tests. Why should they be given? We give ours at the end of the process, not at the beginning. So why are, should they be given? Because... I think we feel a gut feel a lot of times. The gut feel is not always right. If you get a, if you're interviewing a salesperson, the salesperson knows how to talk. They know how to sell themselves, right? So the hiring process is about getting more than the person who knows how to sell themselves. It's really finding out what their personality is and how they could fit in with your business. All right, you gave away the punchline at the end, which I love, but so you give them at the end of the process. I totally agree with you on that. That's why it's worked for you, right? So why should somebody else do it? All right. So there's some specific traits that are brought up through assessment tests. Sure. And some of those would be the thinking style, the behavioral traits, and interests. Okay. Right. Interests are pretty easy to find and figure out. But those other areas are very subjective at times. And getting a PhD who's written some assessment tests really helps out. Well, I find that the interest part is what most interviews usually tend to be about, right? Well, I'm interested in cantaloupes and you're a gardener, so we should talk about that. Right. <laughs> People find commonalities through LinkedIn or whatever, and they're able to manipulate the interview that way. Yes. But isn't that something that, as a general rule, we can probably overcome by having a really strong interview process, maybe that's behavioral-based? I'm totally injecting my own agenda in here, so <laughs> feel free to argue with me on it. <laughs> yeah, the behavioral base, absolutely, but it's 
still hard. This is just another tool to add onto that. Absolutely, behavioral-based interviewing process is good. It gives you a lot of information. But a lot of us, like when I started hiring more people, we started with five people 10 years ago. Now we have 40. Um, I'm not an expert at hiring. So that I'm not doing it every day. So I don't know all the little techniques and nuances to look for. So some questions that as I was preparing for this that kind of came to mind is, is really if you think about a personality assessment test, I think you do it right 100% because you do it at the end of the process. You have somebody engaged at this point, but there's too many companies that actually do it at the beginning of the process as a screening tool or an identification tool. And I think some personality assessment companies market themselves as that way. So as a candidate identifier before you even talk to somebody. Right. I don't do that. We don't do it as a company. If you look at the Indeed world, they actually let you post a few questions, how many years, and they kind of filter out some people up front. We do very minimalistic on that end, like how many years of sales experience you had or how many years of development. But I think talking to people is a lot better. You really have to get to know who they are. And it's important to remember there's two different types. You have the skills assessment tests, and then you have the personality ones. Correct. So the personality ones would be the DISC, the Myers-Briggs, the Productive Index. I think you use one that's a little bit different. What is that? Ours is called the PXT. The PXT. Okay. And God, there's like 25, 30 different personality tests that are out there. Now, do you guys use skills assessment tests as well? Yes, we do a skills assessment test, but it's it's a little minimal. We do hire software developers. Software developers, there is skill involved, but one of the things we do a little unique, I think, is during the interview process, I find out what they don't know. Why do I find out what they don't know? It's because I want to see, can they learn something, right? How quick can they learn? Are they independent on learning this? So I actually give them a little quiz that they could go home, spend a half an hour on, and they actually have to do a little research and come back to solve that problem I give them. Okay, so it's more of a problem as opposed to solving, like doing a coding challenge for four hours or something to that. Yes, or maybe a little coding on the problem, but let's say they've never created a web page using Angular. Okay, just create me a simple hello world Angular application that could start up without any help from our team to tell you how to do that. So they go in, they Google it, and they figure out how to do it. Right, and that's what I want. Can they think for themselves? Can they research it? The skills assessment test, I would imagine, is more valuable in the beginning of the process because skills are important, but you tend to look for brightness that can transfer over, right? Correct. As opposed to, like, I need somebody who's got four years of this and five years of that. Right. I don't trust the four years of something, five years of something. They get exaggerated considerably. And somebody knowing a skill, especially in the development world, doesn't mean they know it very well. They may have been doing something for 10 years, but they never learned different ways to do it. They were never mentored on different ways because in the software world, many different ways to skin the cat. Well, in the recruiting world too. First 10 years of my recruiting career, I didn't really know much more than what I had learned the first six months because I was just transactional. And then I became enlightened. Then I went on this learning binge. So now I can't get enough of it. But I think I could have said 10 years ago that I had 10 years experience, but I still, (laughs) I don't think I was half as good as I am, or actually even a quarter as good as what I am now. So Right. Learning is a key and continued learning because there's new ways to do things, new technology out there all the time. Absolutely. 
Do assessment tests damage a personal connection? I don't think so. And the reason is in our end, we do it at the end. So we still do that first interview after the phone interview, they come in, but the personal side and do they fit the company culture? We actually extended and actually have not just the direct report interviewing, we actually have their peers interviewing. So if they went into the tech support area, some of the other tech support folks would actually be involved interviewing, maybe even go to lunch with them. At what point then are they getting the assessment? The assessment would happen after that first At the very end of the process. Yes. So you've got somebody emotionally engaged into the process. They've already got buy-in, they've gone to lunch, they like each other. So I would imagine that you'd get a truer form of an assessment from them, or maybe you wouldn't. Yes, and it's very interesting seeing the results of the assessment based on what you thought you heard and saw and felt versus what a more analytical, subjective, let's say, assessment test gives. And it's kind of interesting trying to match those up. And you kind of learn from it, too. Have you had any that surprised you? Yes. We've had a few tech support that we actually interviewed. I thought technically they knew the stuff, but they may not have been really fit in well. They were quiet at the other company and stuff like that. But you take the assessment tests, and they scored pretty well in that. We hired them, and it it actually followed more the assessment versus our gut feel on their personality. Maybe not every time there has been some Which of kind of pokes holes in the interview process. So it's a check and balances thing that you have set up. Yes, check and balances would be a good word to use. Okay. The interview process in general is transactional. And so what I find is when you can eliminate the transactional piece from that interview, you get a higher quality of person that wants to work for your company and you just get a better experience. You get somebody who's engaged from the interview process. And when they start, they're going to be engaged. So can that personality assessment, if given too soon, uh, be construed as being transactional? Yes, I would agree it could be transactional if it's given at the beginning because you're just looking at that thought and feel from a test versus really communicating because this, I don't believe an assessment test is going to tell you their cultural fit in the true sense is I would say honesty, integrity, and stuff like those are hard either way, but it's not going to tell you some of those very important factors. You have to rely on the interview process to get to those. Yes. I have this uh, overwhelming feeling that, again, still, it should be run the way you're running it. It should be run where you're actually doing the assessment at the very end of the process. And I see just way too many companies that do it up front. We'll do a phone conversation with a candidate or a person, and then they'll say, okay, phone conversation went great. We want to send them this test to do. But you haven't really gotten that person engaged. He hasn't met anybody. There's no personal connection. So in my experience, I've seen a lot of people who were maybe passive on the job market or just on the job market, but being very selective opting out. And so they end up missing a a great person because of that. I would say that would come up if you're doing it early. I believe a lot, especially in this job market, a lot of people are sending out a lot of resumes. The person interviewing is almost transactional themselves, right? They're just trying to find the best job, the most pay, location, and everything else. I'm not sure how many are looking for cultural fit. It's becoming more popular. What's interesting is we've actually interviewed a few, and they've actually talked to us about culture, what they're looking for in a company and its culture, which is refreshing. Yeah. It's not our generation, by the way. 
Correct. <laughs> Are you saying I'm old? No. Well, I think we've, we're both around the same age, probably. Yes. I'm saying that we're not millennials or, or Gen Z, right? Correct. And I think Gen Z, which is now coming into the workforce, that's even more important to them than millennials. Yes, I've heard that same thing. All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, book me to come speak at your next corporate event. Find out how at rickgerard.com. Today, our guest is David Ferguson of My Solutions, and we're talking about assessment tests. We actually did talk about the order in which tests should be given and a little bit on why, but how should they be given? How do you set this up for somebody who's coming into an interview? I'll give you the example. Initially, we were giving it early on, which we found out that doesn't work at all. So we've definitely changed our direction. So what what happened to get you guys to realize that? Um, The cost. Besides (laughs) the cost, I wanted to actually talk to the person, bring them in, and we weren't getting that good of feedback from doing the test that early. I I don't think it worked out too well. All right. So you guys were using it as a screening tool? Originally, yes. but okay. that, that was about two years ago we started doing that. Do you feel like you lost some good people because of that? There's definitely probably some we lost, but we didn't get that far down to really know who they really are as a person were. and what they can do because we weren't able to talk. It was just basically after a phone interview, then we gave them an assessment. We leaned too much towards the assessment as a guide versus a tool as part of your whole quiver. Don't they market it as a screening tool like that you'd use early in the process? They want you to use it as much as possible because of the fact that it's the cost. <laughs> yeah, that could <laughs> be an advantage for them. We weren't ever pressured to use this PXT more than what's needed. And I think the people we've spoke to at the PXT assessment, they actually go the direction of it's more at the end. It's an end tool, not the starting point. Okay, so let's talk about the PXT test. Um, Maybe we'll do a little commercial for him. What what do you like about it? What I like about it is depending the job. So for example, if it's a tech support or if it's a project manager or salesperson, the hiring person actually fills out their assessment first of what they're looking for. Okay. So So are we talking skills or are we talking personality traits? This is all personality traits. Okay. For example, some of them would be... Well, how do you know? Are you looking for an independent person in the software development, or are you looking for more of a team person? Collaborative person. Collaborative. Yeah. Are you looking for a tech support person that has good skills, uh, verbal skills, or poor verbal skills, and stuff like that? So you adjust those the rating of each of those skill levels that you're looking for. So Not it, everybody's ra- it ranks be- their communication skills? Yes. It ranks their communication, verbal reasoning, numeric ability, numeric reasoning as one of the thinking styles. Then it goes down to the behavioral traits, which is sociability, attitude. Are they trusting? Are they not trusting? Um, are they accommodating? Are they cooperative? So there's different factors you're looking for. Now, not everybody's a 10. Yeah. So you put a range. You, you have to really look, think of what you're looking for. You have to make it that more of a finite thing. Does it identify defects? Not defects, but areas of concern? Yes, it will do those areas of concern because it gives an overall score for the whole PXD, but then it gives scores in these different areas. And the nice thing about it is it gives actually questions if you're going to be managing this person. Here are the other questions you could potentially add to the interview. So after they take the test, you may be concerned about this issue or their reasoning skills. So you ask them some of these other questions personally. It feeds you additional questions. Correct. 
So what about identifying issues? So let, let's say, for example, you've got somebody you're, you're really liking, they're on their best behavior, they're doing really well, but maybe two companies ago, they were a problem child and they caused a lot of drama around a company and they did not fit the culture. How do you use it to match to your culture or, or to identify those problems? Yeah, it's not able to do that in the past because you can't even ask those type of questions when you're getting references, right? So you really don't know why they left, the real reason. Those are called backdoor references. Yes. <laughs> you can also delve deeper and let them tell you what happened. Yes. One of the things we do, which I learned from one person, is you want to ask the prospect, what will this person say about you? And then when you call the reference, you ask them the same question and they should sync up, right? How does that person feel about the person they were reporting to and stuff like that? But here's the weird thing about references though. People only give references they know are going to be good. Well, I take that back. I have had people that have given bad references. <laughs> That's but for the most part, you know, you're going to talk to somebody, you're going to get a good reference. Yes, because you have problems calling sometimes and they're busy, so you can't get through. So we definitely want references that are, will call us back or email us back. But again, it's asking the prospect a question. For example, would your boss say you showed up on time every day or were you a little late? Or did you work overtime? Did you work more hours than needed? What's going to be the perception of the interviewer versus the boss. All right. So all, overall, basically what you use this test for is to provide more confidence in the hire for you. Absolutely. It's on the confidence side because it costs a lot of money and resources to hire somebody that's not a cultural fit. Right? So and very they true. Will walk Say away. that one more time. Amen, brother. <laughs> costs a lot of money and effort, time to hire somebody and they are not a fit. That's the thing. It costs both parties. Yes. It's costly to the company, but it's also costing that other person could be in a role that's more effective for them. Absolutely. That's why I'm trying to get people out of the transactional mindset of just getting a job. Find something that you're going to excel in. The other thing that you mentioned to me when we talked on the phone was one of the things that you found very, very valuable in doing the assessment test at the end is you wanted to see the person's willingness to take that little extra step to Absolutely. be able to do something. Have you lost people, like people just did not want to do the assessment test? Yes, we have lost a few that way, and we thought they would be good. Yeah. This just happened a couple weeks ago. We're hiring a tech support person, and this young lady had two interviews with us, plus a phone interview. She met the team. She liked it. She even emailed back, I like your culture. It's, I think I will be a good fit. But then we sent the assessment test, and she emails back saying, it's longer than 10 minutes. I don't have time to take these tests. So we emailed back, is it you don't have time today to do it or you don't want to take it? <laughs> and it was more, she didn't want to take it. Okay. But the funny thing at the end was two days later, she emailed in saying she took the test and she loved it. <laughs> but by that time, her saying no, that was actually a good thing because... You probably dodged your bullet there. Yeah. That person may have been able to say no more often than I desired. You're not using them to judge cultural fit, which I think is very key here. Really, it's more of a whether or not somebody's going to fit in the team from a personality trait perspective and how you're going to manage them yes. once they do yep. get hired. Key takeaways. What would you say would be the three things that you'd want our audience to walk away with? Or maybe even somebody who's interested in working for you. I'd say the first takeaway is the assessment tests are, are good. They provide a tool, but do it at the end of the process and not at the beginning as a filter. Amen. <laughs> 
<laughs> Number two. And another one is don't, which we didn't really talk about too much here, don't rush into hiring, right? Because rushing into hiring, you're not asking the right questions. You don't know if they're right fit. You want to be comfortable. If you're not comfortable before you hire them, you're playing a cat and mouse game and and losing the person is tough. And everybody says this, hire slow, fire fast. We do the opposite. It's just, well, I got somebody here. I should just give them a chance. When you take the time to make sure that you have a fit on both ends, you make a great hire. When you rush things, not so much. Yeah. You end up spending a lot more money too. <laughs> yep, mistakes happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, David, gosh, we're just about out of time for today's show. And I want to thank you for your time investment today and welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So now what would be the best way for members of our community to reach you? Companies, uh, MIE Solutions, My Solutions. And you can actually go to our website or just search in Google, My Solutions. And you can see what we do which we are an ERP software company and feel free to email me or call the office and talk to me if you have any questions. And I've been to your office. Your culture was great. The people were super friendly and helpful and you let me sit in on one of your stand-up meetings. Um, love it. You did a great. You're doing a great job. So thank keep you. up the good work. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and my creative director, Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We need your feedback to up our game. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. And you can see me at E-R-E on the 24th, that's next Wednesday. So come out and say hi. You can follow me also on LinkedIn or drop me a line at rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Diane Lee. Diane is a business and etiquette consultant. She actually did a bunch of work for Disney of Street Smart Etiquette. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you've been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 